what an amazing event, bringing the entire world together, and bringing 48 speakers to all talk on one topic, and yet each come out with something completely different. It's an amazing thing. Although coming straight from Pesach, I guess it shouldn't be so amazing. One of the heroes of Pesach is that we spend eight days eating three meals a day or maybe two, all made from the exact same ingredients. And yet each meal comes out different, completely new experience. So if that's true of egg and potatoes, so Kalvachemer, words of Torah, can come out Shivim Ponim, 600,000 ways, infinite ways of the, the same words. Here we are all for bringing on the same words of the Rebbe. A few lines that he said on 28th of Nisan, Chafches Nisan, 30 years ago, when he said the words that were daunting and, and at the same time empowering, I've done all I can, the Rebbe said, all that I can do is give it over to you. Do all you can to bring Mashiach, the Poel, immediately. The Rebbe said about Chavchas Nisan that it's a Yom Zakai. It's a, a powerful date. There's a spiritual power to the date itself. Meaning even before the Rebbe said these words on the date, the day was powerful. It had an innate power to itself, which is perhaps why the Rebbe chose that date to, to say this very powerful and dramatic message. So I came across a, a possible fascinating reason why Chavchas Nisan is itself a especially powerful day. And particularly connected to the coming of Mashiach. Uh, there's a Sefer Meiser Akeach, written by Rabbi Elazar Akeach of Amsterdam. It's a, it's a Pirush on the Mishnah, Alpi Kabbalah. And in his Pirush on Meseches Psachim, right at the beginning of Psachim, he asks an interesting question Why is the Mesechta called Psachim in plural? Pesach, Psachim. It should be called Meseches Pesach. Like we find other Mesechtas, there's Mesechtas Sukkah, not, not Sukkos. There's Mesechtas Megillah, not Megillahs. Shabbos, not Shabbosos. Why is it Mesechtas Pesachim? So if he, he quotes a fascinating Tikkunay Zayar, Tikkun Chafalaf, where it says that when Mashiach comes, Pesach is going to be extended. Not just one week of Pesach, there's going to be two weeks of Pesach when Mashiach comes. The Tikkun says that the first week of Pesach will be to celebrate going out of Golis Mitzrayim. And the second week of Pesach will be to celebrate going out of this Golis. And so this is hinted at in the name of the Masechta. It's called Psachim, Pesachs, because the, it's like a tefillah that we shouldn't just have one Pesach. We should have two Pesachs. What a, what a dream that we should have two, two weeks of Pesach. Looking at the Zoyar there, the Tukunay Zoyar, it indicates that we will eat matzah for both weeks of Pesach, the first and the second. It, it brings a, a remez in the Pasuk, matzah yachel shivas yamim. It seems that it re, you could read shivas as shavuos yamim, that you will read, we'll eat matzahs for shavuos for two weeks, for, for shavuos yamim. Whether we're going to have the Isser Chometz for both weeks, I'm not sure. It doesn't say there the Ferish, but certainly we're going to have, we're going to have two weeks of of Pesach. So it's called Pesachim. Uh, he, uh, he uses this also to explain an interesting thing. You know, we don't say Tachanun for the entire month of Nisan. Um, I was once asked by a Galach, a priest, if the, you know, he'd studied Judaism. He said, is there anything that I don't know that you know about Judaism? I've studied the entire thing. Is there anything that you understand about Judaism that I can't understand as well? I said, yeah, there's one thing you can't understand. The pleasure of not saying Tachanun. 
that I, that I can't explain to you. Uh, we have a whole month of not saying Tachanun. Now we know from the, the, the it's brought in the Ramah, the reason why we don't say Tachanun the first day is because of the Nasim, and then there's Yontif, and then the Beis Yosef says, uh, most of the month has gone without Tachanun, so we finish the month with not saying Tachanun as well. We, we go through the whole Nisim not not saying Tachanun. And no one asks any, any, any questions on that or has any problem with that. But uh, the Maisa Rekeach says that uh, there's actually more to it, to, of not why we don't say Tachanun even after, Shab, uh, after Pesach. And that is, he, he says, if you look at the Zohar there, it says that Amalek is going to be destroyed on the 14th of Nisan, on Erev Pesach. When Mashiach comes, Amalek is going to be completely destroyed on Erev Pesach, the 14th of Nisan, so it says in the Zohar. And so the Maeser Rekech says, if that's the case, so there probably won't be time to build the Beis Mikdash before Pesach. So it'll be built on Pesach, on Tezvav Nisan, on, on the 15th of Nisan, first day of Pesach, the Beis Mikdash will be built. And then there's going to be a Chanukah Zabayis, a celebration of the new Beis Mikdash. When Shloim HaMelech built the first Beis Mikdash, he had a seven-day Chanukah Zabayis, a celebration for seven full days. So we'll also have seven days of celebrating the, the new Beis HaMikdash built on the first day of Pesach. However, you can't mix Simchas together. So you can't have the celebration on Pesach itself. You have to wait till after Pesach. So after Pesach finishes, there'll be seven days of celebrating the new Beis HaMikdash. And that will be the second Pesach mentioned in the Zoyar, the second seven days of Pesach that, that we'll celebrate. So if you work it out, this, this second week of Pesach that's lost in love when Mashiach comes, when does it start? It starts on the eighth day, on, on Achrin Shal Pesach. What we have in, in Chutzlar, it's Achrin Shal Pesach. That will be the first day of the second week, the second Yont of a Pesach celebrating Mashiach's arrival, which is another possible reason why Achrin Shal Pesach is mayor of the Ur of Mashiach. It's the first day of the second week of a future Yont of, of, of Mashiach's Yont. Of. And then if you work out the seven days, so if the Achrin Shul Pesach is the first day of the second week of Pesach, what's the last day of the second week? Chofres Nissen. None other than the 28th of Nissen itself is the Achrin Shul Pesach of the, sec- of the second week of Pesach of Mashiach's uh, Yantav. I haven't found the Rebbe mentioned this, this Tikkun Azayar. Maybe, maybe somebody can uh, correct me. But... But I just imagine if, if such it says in Tukunah Zayar, so 30 years ago, it's Chofres Nissen. And the Rebbe, who's the Rebbe, for him, there's no Golas. He's, he's above Golas. There's, there's no Churban. He's, he's already in Geula. He's already celebrating the second week of Pesach, the, the, the Yontav of Mashiach. But we're not. The rest of us, we're, we're not. We're, we're still in Golas. And so on the Achron Shul Pesach of the second week of, of Pesach, the, of Mashiach's Pesach, he turns to us and he says, I've done what I can, but you've got to do it now. It's, it's in your hands now. The first Pesach we all celebrate because the first Pesach is a geula that we didn't earn that was given to us by the Eibishter. The whole Pesach is about the Zroi and the Hashem reached out to us. We were in Memta Sharituma. We were in a low state, but Hashem revealed himself to us. That was Isarusa de la Eila. That came from above without our effort, without our deserving it or earning it. That Pesach we have. But the second Pesach, the future Gullah, is not that way. The future Gullah is one that we earn, that, that we make it happen. It has to come from us. 
And so the Rebbe turns to us and says, you have to do all you can to make this happen. He's done all he can, but now it has to come from us. So what does that mean? And what do we have to actually do? So the Rebbe would have very often quote Tanya, Perek Lamed Zayin, that says that Yemosa Mashiach is toli masenu vavadisenu kol meshach zmanagolus, that Mashiach is dependent on our actions, our behavior, our avoda during golus. Meaning, Mashiach is not just a reward that comes at the end. You do good, and in the end, there'll be a nice uh, dessert. But your work, the work that you do now, creates Mashiach. This is a Chiddush of Tanya, I believe, that uh, it's not just the reward, but the reward itself, the, the mitzvah creates the reward. Your avoda now creates Mashiach. By doing mitzvahs now, you bring Kedush into the world. That creates the world of Mashiach. That was from Tanya. But the rabbi took this a step, a step further and said that we have to not just do mitzvahs that will bring Mashiach. We have to actually live Mashiach. Not, not just do good and Mashiach will come. We have to preempt Mashiach by living in a geula mentality, a geula lifestyle, a, a way of thinking that is geuladik. And we do that through learning the Torah of geula, learning what it says in Chazal and in, and in Chassidus, all the way into the, into the Rebbe's sikhas about geula, learning that and then applying it now, living it now, even though Geula hasn't completely been revealed in the world, live it as if it has. Live your life as if it has, has been. So there was just announced there's going to be some, a, a big program of learning the, the Torah of the Rebbe on Geula, and, uh, which would be an amazing, amazing thing for all of us to take on. And, but then to apply it, to apply it to our lives, to the way we live our lives. Uh, let's, let's look at an example of how uh, there's the, the promises of the Gula and the way the Rebbe uniquely explains them and then see if we can apply it to, to daily life, to family life at home. So the Rambam and at the end of Hilchus Balachim, talking about the times of Mashiach says at that time, there'll be no hunger, no war, no jealousy or competition because good will flow in abundance and all luxuries will be freely available like, like dust. So the occupation of the entire world will be just to know Hashem. That's all people will be interested in. This is a description of the, of the first stages of Gula. Not, not, nothing miraculous has happened, but because abundance is, everything's available, we don't have any material needs. So there'll be no hunger or war, no jealousy and no competition. So the Rebbe, points out in the in a diak of the of the lashonus of the rambam here that really these feelings of jealousy and competition that lead to war are all actually just psychological they're in our head the rambam says the reason why there'll be no jealousy why will there be no jealousy and and uh, competition when mashiach comes is because luxuries will be like dust what do you mean like dust we'll have everything we need and the the enjoyments the luxuries of of, of gashmias will be insignificant to us. They won't be important to us. These things, are, they only interest us because we don't have it. We think there's something to it. When Mashiach comes, we'll see there's nothing to Gashmias. It won't interest us in the first place. And so therefore, it's not that there'll be luxuries and therefore we'll be eating luxuries. We'll be having, having beautiful, big, sumptuous feasts and, and uh, just enjoying Gashmias. No, it'll all be there, but it'll mean nothing to us. It'll be like dust of the earth. 
And so it'll just fade into insignificance. We won't be interested in it anymore. So that will be when Gashmis is plenty. At the moment, for, we live Baruch Shem in a very uh, privileged world. And most of us uh, have a lot of luxuries around us, but not everybody. Not everyone has that now. However, we can develop a mindset where those luxuries and that gashmis is like dust of the earth. It's, it's not important to us because there's something more important. And that is Ladas Hashem to know Hashem, to be close with Hashem. And this is something that can even be translated to our children. Our kids can get this, maybe even better than us. Imagine this. Imagine your kids are home and having, having a fight. They're fighting over, it could be a toy or a, a book that the one, one of them had and the other one wants to use, or maybe it's over a piece of chocolate. Let's make it a piece of chocolate because that way we have all of the things that the Rambam mentions. We have hunger, we have war, we have jealousy and competition. The kid's saying, I, I, I got it first. I'm starving, I'm hungry, I want the chocolate. Yeah, the kid says, no, he always gets, it's, it's, it's mine. He's had two already. I, I want this one. We've got competition, war, hunger. We've got everything happening at once here in the house. So what do we do as, as, a, as a parent facing this? What do we do? So there's the classic way of dealing with it. Take the chocolate away. Neither of you get it. You fight, neither of you get it. Uh, finished. And then they go both crying and fighting and it doesn't end very nicely. Then, then, but then there's a, a more refined way of, of doing it. And we who have, were trained in Yiddishkeit and Torah and Mitzvahs, so we see this as an opportunity to teach the child. So we say, okay, who's going to have Avis Yisrael? Who's going to have Avis Yisrael and let the other one have the chocolate? And then we might say, and uh, whoever does will get an extra chocolate later. If you, if you let the other one have the chocolate, you get the extra one later. It's like the old marshmallow uh, experiment. Let's see who can have self-control now. And if you do, you'll, you'll, you'll get reward later. This is very good. This teaches good middas. That uh, you're shifting the child's perspective. Instead of saying, like, I'm going to win or lose. Either I get the chocolate or they get the chocolate. It's fair. It's not fair. So you say, no, no. You have self-control. Let, let the other one have the chocolate. And you'll, you'll have a bit of a scuffier now and you'll, you'll get more enjoyment later. You'll defer your gratification to later. That's a, that's a very idle thing and it's a good thing to train kids. But we could take it a step further and deeper than that. Uh, I, I have a very sweet book, a cute little book for the kids. It's called I Can Be Mavater. It's teaching kids to be mavata. Mavata is that untranslatable word. It means to give in, to let the other one enjoy. And uh, it's, it's a little kid's book that has stories of kids being mavata. They're having the fight. They let the other one and, and how good it is to be mavata. And uh, the book has in the back little cards called mavata cards. That, and it says on it, I was mavata. And it suggests that you photocopy these cards, cut them out and give them to the kids when they're mavater. When they give in and let the other one have, give it, to, give it to the kids. I've tried it and it works amazingly. The kids love it. They, I, you say to them, who's gonna get a mavater card? And it shifts something in them and they, they stop and they, they want the mavater card. Now, these cards are just little photocopied 
cards that are worth nothing. You can't cash them in anywhere. There's no black market for them where you can exchange them for other things. You just get a card and a little recognition that you're Mavatar. That's it. And, and the kids want it. They, they, they really want it. So here you've, you've shifted the fight. It's not between a chocolate that I get or a chocolate that they get. It's between do I want a chocolate or do I want a mitzvah? Get, all you get is the mitzvah. There's no bribing. You just, just get the card recognition that you did the mitzvah. And it works. Now, maybe not always, but, but a lot of the time it works. Kids, kids respond to that. They want to just do the right thing. It's like for that moment, the chocolate is worthless compared to the mitzvah of being mavatar, of being, being mavatal myself, putting myself aside and letting somebody else enjoy. For a moment, it's like dust. The chocolate is like dust for that moment, for that kid. So if we added a Mashiach filter to this entire exchange, instead of a mavatar card, call it a Mashiach card, make them, make them with the kids, Mashiach cards. And instead of telling them the, the Lashonis of Avis Yisrael and Mavata, which are also good, but say, who's going to do the Mashiach thing? Who's going to live like Mashiach where there's no jealousy, where there's no competition, where there's no war and no fighting? Who's going to do the Mashiach thing now? And the kids, if you've spoken about this at the dinner table, if you've gone through what the Rambam says and how the Rebbe explains it, and you've told them how when Mashiach comes, this is how the world's going to be. So then... At that moment when they're fighting over that toy or chocolate or book or whatever it is, but you say, who's going to do the Mashiach thing? It rings a bell and they want to do it. They want to do the right thing. For, for a few seconds, pleasures are like dust. They're worthless because you want to do the, the, the higher thing. You want to do the Mashiach thing. For, for, the, for those moments, a kid is choosing a lakus over Gashmias. Now, I know that uh, it, uh, it may not last, but for those moments, it's real. Now, you might be saying that you, then you're, choosing, you're making competition uh, because one of the kids is going to say, I, I want the card. Then the other one's left with the chocolate, but uh, they're jealous because they got the card. I, I didn't do the right thing. They did the right thing. That jealousy is okay. Kina soifrim. Uh, that's kind of rachel that's, that's good jealousy. Jealousy of a mitzvah, of maizim tovim. That, that's okay. Let, let them have that one. When Mashiach comes, they'll still be kinesoifrim. That type of jealousy is all right. This may seem like a, a, a small deal. A, a, not a big deal. The kid, uh, for that moment, they got the card. It is a big deal. It's a huge deal. Yes, they, they might start another fight in a few minutes. Maybe the, the milchama stop for now, but there'll, there'll be a new one. But for those moments, it's precious. It's, it's, a, it's a moment of Mashiach in your home. It's the child will remember that forever. They won't remember all the fights, but they'll remember the time that they did the Mashiach thing. And that sets them in a, in a direction that, that this is how you're supposed to live. And also not so bad is what it does for you as well. Because if your kids can have those Mashiach moments where they do the, the Mashiach thing, so maybe you also could apply that. You're not fighting over chocolates. You're in fighting over very important things. You're not jealous over little, these little... But still, do you need to be fighting? Do you need to be jealous and envious? Uh, maybe you can also be mavatar. Uh, make a little card for yourself as well. Over, over the last uh, year or so, we've been getting the same message over and over again. There's been corona. We're told to stay home. Here in Australia, we had bushfires and we're told to stay indoors, stay home. Uh, 
In US, uh, you had riots on the streets, stay home. The, the, the message is over and over, stay home. Go back to your home and, and bring into your home the light, the energy, the Kedusha. Especially we in Chabad who focus so much on bringing to other people's homes the light of Mashiach and Torah and the Rebbe. Uh, we have to do it to our, our homes as well, to bring it back to our homes. And from this Fabrengen, from this Fabrengen, which is happening in your home, you are hosting this Fabrengen in your home. So may all our homes get a little bit more of that light, of that Ur. May we create in our homes the true Dira, the Dira Tachtonim, so we can turn to the Rebbe on Chavches Nissen 30 years later and say, yes, we're, we're doing what we can. And our homes are ready. We are ready. Let my Mashiach come now. Bechaim.